and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster here remotely with Crow. Hey, Crow, how you doing? Good. So we had uh, we took last week off due to Thanksgiving and schedules conspiring against us as they often do in the holiday season. Well, we you know, there was of- another COVID lockdown. We had to abide by Governor Wall's rules in Minnesota here. Well, yeah, I mean. I mean, we, we, we weren't supposed why to have Thanksgiving. We be- yeah, we weren't supposed to have Thanksgiving with uh, more than our immediate family. What makes you think it would have been okay for me and you to get together to podcast? I mean, we well, had you know, to follow. There, the, we had to comply with walls. There is only two of us. Yeah, you know. But but and, uh, uh, why wouldn't we want to be good little foot soldiers? Exactly. We we must comply. And like Cuomo yeah. says, you know, you got to you got to be fearful. You got to make people scared. Of the uh, of the of the woo flu. Otherwise, you know, they'll go out and spread it. You know, and then people, point three percent of people will die from it, or point zero three percent. You know, so. Well, it's still that still uh, that joke you told a little while back is still good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That, uh, you had a great uh, COVID joke, but ninety eight percent of people won't get it. Yep. So, um, you know, it's funny that you bring up. Cuomo, we had talked about some subjects ahead of time, but there was one that you just mentioned that made me think of something. Uh, The Supreme Court, one of the last bastions of freedom in this country, uh, and this is all the more reason it was important that uh, Trump got Amy Coney Barrett on the uh, the Supreme Court, they shot down uh, Cuomo's uh, lockdown on churches. Yeah, it was a, what was it, a four four to three? No, it was five uh, to four. Well, five was, to four. Yeah, five to four. Um, but I'll guess who again was on the uh, the libtard side. Yeah, I'm really starting to think that he is he is doing this sort of like uh, uh, if you look at his decisions, I don't want to say there's no rhyme or reason to them. Oh, just for our listeners, Roberts. It was Roberts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, if if anybody's listened for a while, they know. Um, yeah. I think. You know, this is sort of like that thing when uh, they have senators who are sort of on the bubble or, you know, vote on stuff. And uh, I think they kind of get together and say, is it okay for me to vote no on this? You know, like Collins on the last uh, on the Amy Coney Barrett deal or uh, even Joe Manchin for the Democrats on Kavanaugh. Um, Mm -hmm. Just this idea that they can, uh, you know, they can vote and be safe. Robert seems to be doing a lot of that. Because, uh, yeah, I, I'm still not willing to say like the media does that he's a uh, that he's a liberal. But uh, it is uh, it is a little disturbing that he didn't want to hear this case. At the same time, I understand as a chief justice if he doesn't if he wants to keep them out of this because, you know, if we get to this idea of overturning, well, not even overturning an election, we'll we'll talk some about the whole Trump case um, a little bit later. But the Kraken. Yeah, the Kraken. <laughs> I'm tired of that term. I, I know it. It shouldn't have been used, but uh, but it, there is some, there is a lot of stuff to talk about there. But 
if the Supreme Court were to, can you imagine, we, we talked about this a little in past episodes, but can you imagine what would happen at this point now if Biden was uh, struck down as president-elect? Right, and, there's a, a process by where it's not really going to be decided by the courts anymore. It's going to be uh, decided by the uh, legislature. Uh, yeah, legislature, and, and since it's mostly uh uh, and we'll, we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. So, we'll get so into that. There's but a, there's can you a just imagine? Yeah. Can you just imagine if this were overturned? Yeah, I I'd, mean, be, I'd be uh, I'd be extremely uh, pleased. Yeah, but we're gonna have riots like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, and then, and then we should say "fuck you, rioters" and start kicking the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, I just I think it'll go on for four years. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the Cuomo thing, um, you know this petulant little asshole. Uh, he had, he was handed a fairly important and very decisive defeat talking about Cuomo with, uh, his lockdowns of churches and Gorsuch wrote the, uh, wrote the, um, majority opinion saying, you know, we don't get to put the, I'm paraphrasing. We don't get to put the constitution aside during a pandemic. In other words, you still have a right to, and the way he was putting it was uh, freely assemble. So, you know, the Democrats have been saying in the past, well, you get to protest because that's your freedom of speech. And Gorsuch is basically pointing out, it says freedom of speech, but it also says, but it also says you have the right for just a bunch of you to get together and hang out if you want. Right. Uh, Freedom of assembly. Um, Yeah. And freedom of speech doesn't, it doesn't say freedom to protest. Right. Freedom of speech is freedom of speech. You can you can say what you want as long as you're not uh, endangering somebody. In fact, you could make the case that it excludes protesting uh, in some degree because it says the right to peaceably assemble. Ah, now, now that not they're... not protesting so much as banning sort of like as soon as you you could make the case that as soon as you start throwing bricks and burning stuff and looting things, well, now you don't have any freedom of speech anymore. Yeah. You know, the second you throw a brick, the cops get to arrest you and you can't claim freedom of speech. And if you're out there and you're providing cover for the ones that are throwing bricks, then you're part of the problem. We've talked about that before, too. Yeah. Well, it was a very well-written opinion. I suggest people go back and read it. Uh, Again, Gorsuch on this uh, writing the majority opinion. But this case doesn't even get heard if it's not for Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to um, all the... You know, settling the fucking gun grabbing bullshit because, you know, uh, Biden's chomping at the bit to do that. So we need to settle this shit. Well, yeah, we can go down a rabbit hole with that and his gun tax. But the most important part about this Supreme Court decision, uh, I don't even know what's the most important part. Was it that just that they heard it? Because this stuff wasn't getting heard in the past. Yeah, that's frustrating. So, you know, That's their fucking job, I think. So Right. So this is one of the areas where I don't necessarily disagree with Roberts in not hearing some cases. There are some things that I believe, as a constitutionalist, I believe should be settled by the states. Now, when the states basically, in my opinion, fuck it up and say, nope, uh, you don't have a right to not wear a mask. You know, you don't have a right to uh, just walk down the street during a pandemic then I think the Supreme Court needs to get involved. Um, 
But a lot of times, I don't think the Supreme Court needs to be involved. And in the past, they've taken on some things and become sort of activists that they didn't need to. Um, and so I do appreciate him keeping them out of some of that. But this is definitely one that they should step in and do. So not only is it a point important that they uh, that they heard this one, but this is a case going forward where they're basically telling the precedent is, hey, governors, you can't tell people they can't assemble. You can't do that. Right. And so this is just going to be another one of those sort of COVID lockdown breakers, which I think would be great. Yeah, well, I mean, just the picking and choosing of what stays open and what doesn't. Either it's a deadly pandemic or it isn't. So, you know, if if it were a deadly pandemic to the point where, you know, lockdowns were necessary, people would go, hey, this is fucked up. I know people personally that are dying from this. I I don't I don't know anybody personally that's dying of this. I don't I'm, I don't even have two degrees of separation from somebody who's died from this. So enough already if if it was as bad as they were saying we would actually you know chip in and we would do our part to you know to to do a lockdown we'd probably voluntarily lock down well think about that for a minute how many people do you know i mean i'm asking this rhetorically because you just sort of answered it but how many people do you know who've died from covid none um i know of one a person i have met who was uh who had a ton, although young, had a ton of comorbidities. Right, so, and, and and people don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that some people will get it and and actually suffer, you know, lasting consequences too. Um, but that happens in any flu, any any viral uh, disease. So you know, you can catch a flu and you can have lasting consequences from the flu, from the regular flu. You just it just depends on your immune system. It depends on your your response, how your body responds to it. A lot of people's systems, they end up attacking it. You know, when you get that, you know, a flu in your system, you, your body ends up attacking itself, trying to get You're rid no of it. doctor. Yeah. Why are you having a medical <laughs> opinion? You're no doctor. Yeah. Shut so, up, crow. You don't right. know anything. Just so, put your head down and do what you're told. Yeah. So. Did you hear Cuomo when uh, when he was he gave his little speech about uh, how the there's police officers that aren't going to enforce his lockdown and how they're um, fascists and they're dictators? Yeah, yeah, because they're they're just tr- they're deciding on their own. Yeah, he you called know, them dictators. What a fucking piece of shit! And you know, it's funny coming from someone who supports sanctuary cities, where you're just yeah, you can't just decide willy nilly to ignore a law. That makes you a dictator. You fuck. A- apparently, you can't. Well, the so. you know they're they're not known for caring about being hypocrites at all. The left. Yeah, exactly. And it comes down to that there's never consequences at this point. Well, I am looking forward to a whole slew of these, uh, of these, you know, anti-COVID sort of cases making it to the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that makes you appreciate the uh, Constitution because you see what's happening in Canada and these poor bastards. I mean, they're getting shut down left and right. There's a, a barbecue business. A, a guy with a, like a toddler, a daughter, says, "I got to open my business. I'm I can't feed my family. I'm gonna I'm gonna go under." And what do they do? They send a hundred fucking cops to arrest him and make sure nobody can uh, go in that restaurant. Hey, uh, don't exaggerate. It was only like 90 cops. Yeah. It was ridiculous. If you see the, I'm sure everybody's seen the video of this. I mean, yeah. So the story is basically this guy decided to open. He said, look, we're going to be open. The cops showed up the first day and they didn't stop anybody. But then the city put out, um, I don't know if it was the city or the uh, province, um, 
put out something that yeah, said, yeah, well, we, yeah, we shut them down. Um, well, shutting them down meant they told them they had to close at 4 o'clock. Well, the place normally closes at 4 o'clock. And so then the next day they showed up and blocked people from coming in, um, actually arrested one uh, patron and uh, arrested the owner, handcuffed him, and took him off. I mean, this is Canada. Yeah, they, they boarded up the uh, the building and put a sign up saying, basically, you're trespassing if you try to come on this property. If you take down the boards and try to come in, this is now uh, uh, you know state property. It's like, motherfuckers. I'm, you know, if, try to pull that shit in America. If, if conservatives don't, like, rise up and start causing a stink, pretty soon I'm going to think you're all pussies. Me included, I guess. Because I'm tired of the left um, wiling out and getting their way. Because everybody well, knows that when we don't get our way, we go, well, you know, better buckle down and try again and try even harder next time. No. Fuck you. I'm going to punch you in the fucking throat. I'm done with that I shit. I saw... I saw a meme today that was sort of chilling at the same time. It was sort of mildly humorous, but uh, it said, if you wonder what you would have said in 1930s Germany, now you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's not funny, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm doing these little, you know, these stupid little protests by not wearing my mask when I go everywhere and kind of seeing the reaction. Um, and just looking around in Minneapolis here is where I'm, I'm in the thick of it um, and seeing everybody, everybody wearing masks. And there's nobody not wearing masks. It's ridiculous. Just well, according to, according to uh, Governor Tim Jong Walls, um, everybody uh, is, you know, wearing about 65 or wearing masks about 65 percent of the time. Mm -hmm. That's why it's still spreading. And that's why he's got to do some stuff for our own good. Yeah, they tell you to wear masks, but nobody wears either the right masks or wears them correctly. Or they they wear them all day long or the same masks that they're pulling out of their bags or pulling out of their pockets that are soggy and moist, you know, and they're getting their hands all over everything. It's like I'm sure it's just as fucking unhygienic as not wearing a mask you know, or probably more so. So don't give me this shit. Like you're saving grandma. You don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. I wear, I, when I wear a fucking mask and I'm, I'm breathing into it and I take it off and I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling this soggy mask. And then I go and touch shit at a store. Fuck you. Everybody's doing that. Yeah. And on top of it, you know, these people are wearing these buffs and they don't protect you from anything. No, but what they're saying about the masks is they're saying it's not about the, uh, about the, you know, the 0.01 micron particles it's about the droplets that that the uh that the virus hitches a ride on and that's what you're protecting and then what they say is it's like it's like walking around with pants on if you just if you didn't have pants on you decided to pee you'd pee on everybody but if you weren't pants you're just peeing on yourself and that's what masks are, are about that's what they're trying to tell us my question in that analogy is what if you don't have to go to the bathroom yeah exactly uh, as in you're not sick or or what if here's a here's a novel idea don't fucking come in my face and talk to me Fuck off. Then you won't get any particulates from me uh, yelling at you. Get the fuck out of my face. And I'll keep my mouth shut. And I'll go about my business. I had some guy at a grocery store uh, walk by me. Real tough guy. Walked by me. And while, his, while he passed me from behind, he didn't look at me. But he said, thanks for wearing a, or thanks for not wearing a mask. Never turned. Never looked at me. And I'm like, is he wearing a mask? Is he not wearing a mask? Because he never looked at me. I'm like, is he actually thanking me or is he being a prick? Mm more than likely being a prick, but then being a pussy and a coward on top of it, you know, instead of turning around, I'm like, dude, if you'd have turned around and said that to me, I don't know how I would have reacted to that. I'm, I'm, I'm well, like fed up with this shit. 
you hang out with a lot of pricks anyway. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I walked into this gas station today that I've gone to, I go to now because they take cash. I'm glad we're past that. People aren't taking cash phase, which was so stupid. Um, but they, um, they don't make you wear a mask and they don't, I mean, they don't, I, to my knowledge, they don't even have a sign up and they have a sign that says, Hey, we support cops and firefighters. And I walked in today and there was uh, a guy standing just inside the doorway without a mask on talking to somebody and looked at me like, Oh shit, but I wasn't wearing mine. Mm-hmm. And the manager of the place, um, she doesn't really give a shit either. She's never got one on and she never, you know, if someone says something to her, she doesn't, you know, really react to it. She's like, eh, whatever. See, I don't, I, I don't want to come across as like completely anti-mask. If you've got health problems, yes, wear a mask. And if you feel like you might be getting sick and you have to go out, wear a fucking mask. Great. I'm not going to come. The problem is this, this compliance of healthy people running around and, uh, you know, just being good little sheep is enough, enough of this shit. Well, and I don't, you know, I'm not anti-mask in the sense, like if I go into Target, you know, or something like that, and they say, wear a mask, look, it's their store, you know, they have a right to ask you to wear a mask. And, uh, I'm as much as I don't like it, I can choose to not go in there. What I hate is this idea. And I've talked to a couple of these big box managers that I know who say, man, I just wish the state would put a mask thing in place so we don't have to enforce it. In other words, they're getting customers who are coming to them saying, I saw people without masks. Yeah. And so they're saying, well, if the state just makes everybody do it, I don't have to deal with the Karens. Well, fuck you. Mm -hmm. You know, deal with it. Well, that's the reason. Either have a policy in place that says wear a mask or have a policy in place that says don't. Or somewhere in between where you go, hey, we encourage you to wear one, but if you have some sort of condition and we can't ask you about it, then don't. You know, it's your own business. And I'm just tired of this idea that you're protecting everybody else. That's not my, that's not my responsibility. And if you're going to say it's important for me to protect everybody else, then you better stop bitching about when I want to get a conceal and carry or, you know, and you better, that's protecting people too. And you better uh, stay out of your car and stop driving. Yeah, if you're exactly. going to be bitching at me about wearing masks, stay, uh, stay out of your fucking car. Your, your, your chances of killing somebody I know in a car is probably higher than, you know, passing a deadly COVID. So. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing more and more people who are resisting just all the COVID stuff in general. Oh, I'm seeing it on, online. I'm not seeing it in my personal life, though. I was just at the store tonight and uh, grocery store, and one of the people at the one of the or uh, not one of the workers at the checkout. But there was a guy using the self checkout, no mask on, nothing around his neck, and part of me was like, "Hey," and then another part's like, "Awesome." You know, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to just take mine off. Um, but Well, I mean, you know. like I said, I, I, there are certain stores I'll go into. Most of the grocery stores, Target, Cub, uh, those are Midwestern, I don't know, um, stores. Target's nationwide, isn't it? Yeah, Target's national. Um, Cub Foods is a, is a store. Aldi is another uh, grocery store. Um, you know, um, I go to all these different grocery stores, and I haven't had anybody come up to me that works there give me any kind of attitude and ask me about the mask, which is cool. And like you said, if they say, Hey, you need to wear a mask in here. Well, my standard response is I'm exempt. But, um, and if they keep going and they go, well, it doesn't matter. I go, okay, well, I'm not gonna spend my money here. I had that happen at, um, 
a burger joint that uh, my burger walked into and girl behind the counter couldn't have been older than 17. She goes, um, you need to wear a mask. And I go, no, I'm exempt. She goes, uh, I can't serve you without a mask. And I go, I'm exempt. She goes, uh, I, I can't. So you're not going to serve me? No. Okay. And I left. That was it. You should have said, you should have said, but you're wearing a mask. Yeah, exactly. But that, but here's the thing. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, cause a big stink at that. You just won't get my business. Um, well, so I know, went to a liquor store just the other day and walked in. The guy goes, oh, do you have a mask? And I go, no, I'm exempt. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, cool. All right. Well, Nick Searcy had that on his Facebook page a couple of months ago that says, if you wear a mask because you don't want to get into it with your fellow citizens, that's fine. If you wear one because the government's telling you to, you're a sheep, you know? Yeah, I know. And now there's there's that, do you see that study from Johns Hopkins that came yeah. out? Yeah, that they're not allowing to, like Twitter's banning people from uh, from linking to it. Um, I, I don't know. If, or is that, I mean, no, I no, assume... that wasn't John Hopkins. That was the uh, the one from uh, some Scandinavian country. Yeah, um, the one from uh, Denmark. Yeah, and I I don't know anything about that study. Um, and Denmark's a pretty small country, so I I don't know. I'm not even going to pretend to know. Other than it said, look, masks don't work um, unless they're N95s and you're wearing it exactly right and it's right. fitted to you, and nobody is. And no, nobody but, nobody's doing uh, it right anyway. This Johns Hopkins study, and I'm I might get some of the details of this wrong, so I apologize if I am, but. Johns Hopkins University, very, very prestigious medical hospital. Um, one of the doctors put out a study that said um, the death rate has not changed from COVID. Not only has it not changed from the beginning of the year, but it hasn't changed from previous years, just as far as the rate of death in the country. In other words, we're still losing the same amount of people, COVID or otherwise. And I don't know if the study, because I didn't read it, didn't go on to say, you know, that's because we're classifying a bunch of people as COVID deaths. And I'm sure there's some of that to what degree I don't know. But Johns Hopkins University pulled the study. They censored it. Right. So then there was an article where they said, no, 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 we didn't censor it. Where they interviewed the doctor who put it out and said, yes, they did. <laughs> they pulled it. Yep. And. This is the stuff that I think people need to start waking up to is that, you know, the media is it's not so much that they're lying to you, although they are doing some of that. They're just not telling you certain things because they don't want to. I think the media is straight up lying. And I think the government's straight up lying. Fauci straight up lying. You, you got you get people early on saying and even the what's his name on Trump's team, the um, the Surgeon General. Yeah. Uh, he was saying early on, the same as others, um, hey, you know, masks aren't effective. Don't don't go out and run out and buy masks. We need the masks for our, for our first responders and for our medical people, which was a bullshit thing to say anyway, um, because the medical uh, people in the hospitals don't get masks from, you know, Walmart. They get they get their mass bulk from some, you know, where, you know, a, a distributor. And if if the government really wanted masks for the uh, for you know, the care providers, they would say, hey, you. Walmart, everybody stop selling them to the public. You're going to sit, you're going to make sure it's only for hospitals and stuff. That's what they should have done. Um, so it's all just nonsense. You know, they're, they're not you're telling just, you the truth. You're just having a problem with him because he's black. <laughs> sure. Uh, and Fauci. Uh, well, you have a problem with him cause he's short. Okay. Um, yeah, 
So the the fact is they tell you one thing, they tell you another thing. They never tell you the truth of why they're doing anything. They just think you're stupid. And I guess a lot of people are stupid because they, they're buying into it. Yeah. Well, I... I don't know. I think I don't want to. I don't want to say that uh, Fauci was straight up lying, um, but I think he changes his position quite a bit, and uh, he disturbs me when he says stuff like, you know, hey, I know that uh, you know America's got this really strong sort of sense of freedom and individuality, but it's sort of time to start doing what you're told. God. Yeah, oh. and I I don't like that sort of lecturing from my betters, mm-hmm. you know. My feeling is if I want to imperil myself, that's my business, you know? Well, then, and uh, the people just don't, they, they don't want to come around to that. They, their ideas are just, you know, if we can just stay safe, then everything will be fine. Well, and then we always, it doesn't work like that. We always bring up the fact that uh, there's a lot of people suffering and dying because of, lockdowns right now i'm transitioning off mass but it's still government telling you what to do um the lockdowns are causing more pain than they're helping they're causing more suffering than they're they're helping people are actually dying from from the uh from lockdown from the lockdowns their their mental health is suffering their drug addictions rising um um, you know the we've talked about all this and nobody will i mean somebody will go they don't have an answer for that but then they'll just deflect or move on and you know as if that's that's not as if that's negligible well, it's not. It's it's actually, if you count up the numbers, I suspect at the, at the end of it all, you're going to find out that it's comparable or more so that people are suffering more from lockdowns than from COVID at this point. So, oh, did you hear yeah. about the woman in Canada, the 90-year-old woman that decided that she didn't want to go through another, what was it, another two, four weeks of lockdown? So she decided, you know, because in Canada, I guess they do euthanasia for healthy people well, as long as they're yeah, of just- a certain age. Just before we get to that, because that's a pretty deep subject, I just wanted to say, you know, based on what you what you were just saying about depression and everything, I mean, you can see it in kids. I mean, kids are really starting to struggle with this. Yeah. And I'm well, talking about I'm talking about you know middle and upper class, well adjusted kids. I'm not talking about kids who have shit going on at home or anything like that. And that's the part that I don't think people are understanding um, is that this is going to have long-term effects on these kids. You know, they don't get to play sports and people go, oh yeah, big deal. They don't get to play sports. No, it's a vital time for them in their brain development. You know, emotional and mental brain, you know, development is is key right now for kids that are, you know, school-aged. Well, I mean, think about this. We're coming up for kids who are seniors now in in high school. We've had... um, you know, we've had basically a year and a half of this, that they've lost the last two years of their high school um, experience. And you may say, ah, it's just high school. It's not a big deal. High school is sort of a common experience that everybody has and can relate to. You know, it's a, it's a thing that it, it's like going to your prom. You know, for the most part, most people have done that. And it's an it's a common experience that other people can relate to. It's like a cultural uh, touchstone for everybody. Yeah, when, that's a better way to put it. Um, when you start saying, hey, you know, you just didn't have that experience because, you know, we just thought your safety was more important. When it really also appears that these uh, these kids don't pass this on, you yeah. know, 
They don't get it when they do. They don't pass it on me. We've lost like zero people under 30 in Minnesota other than, well, one uh, who was a seven or eight month old baby that had issues, you know, and I'm not talking like smoked and didn't like mom and dad. I'm talking about, you know, health issues. So, Um, so yeah, talking about that sort of depression thing, you mentioned that woman from Canada, um, healthy, doesn't, doesn't have COVID. She's what, 90 years old or was. Yeah. She had been uh, doing social things. Yeah. Just decided instead of going through a lockdown again, it'd be better if she just had the state killer. Yeah. And so uh, she went through assisted suicide with, uh, um, the state's help. Yeah. She said she'd rather be dead than go through another COVID lockdown. So, and she thought she was going to be like confined to her room for two more weeks. And she said, I can't do this anymore. And she, she said her mental health and her, and her emotional health has declined so fast in, in the past, past lockdown that she doesn't think she'd, she could handle again. So they decide, yeah. So what, the, what do they do? They get the family together or they jabber and they all sing, sing songs and cry. And there goes grandma. It's like, Oh my fucking God, how fucking crazy is this shit? And folks, this is what socialism is. Mm-hmm. This is what socialism comes down to. You are a utilitarian piece of the uh, piece of the larger whole. And when you're uh, not really productive anymore, it's not like they're going to take you aside and kill you. That's more like communism. But uh, they're not going to weep when you're gone. Yep. Oh. You know, when you say when you say I'm going to kill myself, no one goes, "Whoa, hold the fuck up." All right, you know. I just pulled up the, an article here from uh, National Review about this, and they've got an interesting quote here. It goes, uh, um, so Russell, described by her family as exceptionally social and spry, was one such person that, uh, what, what, this is, I'm continuing, I'm not reading from the beginning here. Her family says she chose a medically assisted death, M-A-I-D it's called, after she declined so sharply during lockdown that she didn't want to go through more isolation this winter. This time doctors approved, I guess, um, because the first lockdown, I don't know if she asked for it earlier. I don't know. Russell would not have to go through another lockdown in her care home. And here's a quote. She just truly did not believe that she wanted to try another one of those two week confinements to her room. Her daughter said, um, and this is the uh, person writing the article says this, but note for her death, she could be surrounded by friends and family. And then it goes, when 90-year-old Nancy Russell died last month, she was surrounded by friends and family. They clustered around her bed singing a song she had chosen to send her off as a doctor helped her through medically assisted death. And then this is the uh, writer of the article again. So companionship to be made dead, but not to remain alive. And her family thinks this was a fine option, demonstrating how the social mindset becomes twisted by euthanasia consciousness. But we are told killing and suffering is oh so compassionate, and lockdowns are a measure of good public health. Yeah, that's a good way to put that. Mm-hmm. This was uh, Wesley Smith in the National Review that wrote this, so I didn't read the. If you want to go check out the whole article, it's not very long. But yeah, this yeah. is kind of the sick kind of bullshit that we're dealing. That um, I guess this is Canada, right? But yeah, I mean, this not not too far off from well, what what could be happening here. I mean, the elderly people are, are really suffering. If you asked a bunch of them, they go, no, I'd rather have my family around me at this point. And then, especially if they really are declining and they they basically let them decline for, what's it now, f- six months with, you know, with nobody around them. I mean, it is going to, it is going to step up the, uh, the, the rate of decline for people like that. 
You know? Well, and you know, they're sort of the people who say, yeah, that's the plan. They want to, they want to scare off grandma and, you know, kill her off. And I don't buy that. No, that's I going a little too tinfoil hat for me. I just, I don't think they just care that much. Yeah. I mean, they care so hard that they don't care that hard. Here's the thing, but I'm supposed to fucking care. You know? Yeah. But I actually do. That's the thing. I I think if if this disease was everything they said it was to begin with, I I would be way more on board with with uh, measures. But guess what? They would I would want them to be drastic and and short, short term, you know? Not this the half measure bullshit because this is worse. The, the what we're doing now is worse for everybody, you know. Yeah, I mean they go they go and people get surprised and they say, yeah, I would if it was a if it was a deadly disease. Let's say it had a a ten you know five or ten percent death rate and it was you know loading up the hospitals and morgues. I'd be like, hell yeah, let's lock this shit down. Which in a free society is pretty tough to do. But if we're gonna do it, do it right. Like I mean, martial law bullshit. You know, for two weeks. And then, and then, you know, go from there. But if we're going to do half measures, then we might as well not do anything at all because it's not going to help. And then, especially since it's not a, you know, it's not a death sentence anyway. It's a point, you know, zero three percent, whatever the fuck it is. So move on, live your fucking life. Stop being, stop being uh, intimidated by the uh, by the government. Stop, stop falling for the for the uh, fear porn. Well, that's what I started asking earlier and didn't finish my question because I got distracted like I normally do, but. Um, you know, how many people do you know who died from this? You say zero. I know one. I was a person I've said about, you know, 10 words to in my entire life and have seen a couple times. So I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I know him, but I have friend of a friend kind of thing. How many people do you know who've had COVID? I think I, you know, I, I obviously I think I have known people that have had it. Yes. I, I mean, confirmed cases, I'd say a couple dozen. Yeah, I mean, I, I can probably count them in one hand. And I don't know if any of those are false positives or, right. you know. But, you know, one person would tell knows? me, one person say, yeah, I, I, I had it, you know, it wasn't that bad, but my cousin had it and it was like, yeah, well, I don't know. So, you know, they're still suffering from it. Yeah, it's possible. I'm not going to discount that, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't understand how you, this is just one of those things where, you know, I can, I can be open to a lot of different opinions, even though I disagree with them. I don't understand how you get past this idea that if you are concerned about it, stay home, you know, mm-hmm. um, why do you have to have everybody else stay home? And I understand that people will say, well, because, you know, we got to stop the spread. Well, you can't. It's a virus. It's going to hang around. As long as there are people on Earth, it's going to get to them and it's going to do this until you have some sort of vaccine. Um, But we don't have vaccines, reliable vaccines for coronaviruses. We just don't. And maybe maybe Pfizer and Moderna, maybe their vaccines will come out and be 90% effective. Great. That's awesome. But... You know, know, the larger point is still, if you are not comfortable going out because you're worried about catching it, why the fuck are you hassling everybody else? Yeah. And if you and if you want to go take the vaccine and and uh, and think that's safe and going to work for you, go do it. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to call you an idiot. I'm not going to do it. I don't want to rewrite my genome. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to rewrite the I genome. Know. I don't know. I don't trust these guys. I don't, tr- I don't, I don't, uh, after hearing all the Bill Gates Foundation bullshit with what they've been doing with their testing over in Africa, it's just, ugh, it's gross. I don't, I don't really think the vaccine is unsafe. I'm not going to take it because I'm not really, I don't have any of that comor- comorbidity stuff. Yeah, I didn't you know? take the flu, the flu shot in any year. The doctor would go, hey, you want the flu shot? And I go, no. And he go, okay. Yeah, I've had the flu shot exactly one time in my entire life and it didn't, didn't change anything. Now, you know, I've said that before. I'm like, look, if I don't want to take the flu vaccine, you know, and people say, well, good luck to you when you get it. I'm like, well, I've, I've had the flu before. Yeah, it sucks. Well, but, I'm going to, I'm going to take some, uh, airborne and some zinc and, uh, you know, ride it out. Yeah. And I'm not going to go out and, and spread it and I'll stay home. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I don't understand. There's not a good argument to me for uh, you being afraid of it, so you're requiring everybody else to stay home. And again, you can't give me the medical stuff about, well, it just, it spreads that way. Look, we've gotten through smallpox in this country and- uh, Spanish flu. Anthrax, Spanish flu, which killed proportionally a shit ton more people than this has. Um, And polio. I mean, people forget that. We were fighting a world war with a polio outbreak. Oh, tuberculosis you know? is, was uh, was running rampant for a while, too. Well, tuberculosis actually killed millions of people worldwide, mm-hmm. you know, but people didn't, you know, people didn't lock down over that. Nope. Um, so this is, I am more and more convinced that this is a political tool, you know, to have beaten Trump up. The problem is, I think it got handed to... Uh, Hand it to Biden now, and he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. Um, well, I think he's. I think he's just kind of lost. I'm still that. more conspiracy minded about China. I think China realized that Trump was a danger, and that they decided, yeah, let's, we, we can we can handle it if we let this go. But they can't. We can lock down our shit. We're a communist country, but they can't. So let's let's let this shit go. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. I believe I, that. I still don't. I still don't think China. I. I'm not going that far. I just think China yeah. didn't know what they were fucking with. But, uh, yeah. Uh, what else? We're going to go on to the next subject here. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Um, I want to talk about the, um, uh, new ethnic studies requirements in Minneapolis. So there's, this is from alpha news, um, Anthony Kukowski. So the, uh, subtitle is it's important for us to recognize that our history and our understanding of history has been rooted in white supremacy for a long, long time in the United States, certainly and elsewhere, said school board member uh, Nelson Inns. Um, and so the requirement is seeking, there's a quote, they're seeking to turn students into agents of change. So it uh, will help students um, sk- uh, develop skills to become agents of change and create a learning environment that leads to action. You know what that is? That's com- that's community organizer talk. That's basically what they're doing is they're trying to create little, you know, antifa types, little soldiers to go out and fuck shit up. Well, I'm still sorry. The thing I can't get past here is what's the name of this guy on the school board? Nelson Inns. Yeah, I N Z. If he and his wife are fighting, can you say the ins are on the outs? <laughs> you could say that, yes. I think you could. Okay. I wish right. I had my I wish I had my soundboard. I'd do the drum roll or the, the <laughs> I wish shot. you didn't. 
I'm glad you don't. Um, so start. Um, oh, let me can you continue the story a little bit here? Yeah, uh, starting with the class of 2025. So um, they're really looking forward, I guess. So all Minnesota students quote must earn a passing grade in an ethnic studies course according to a resolution that was passed by the school board earlier this month. And here's a quote. Um, it's our responsibility to provide this opportunity for deep examination of power structures in our society, along with identifying ways and developing skills to become agents to change states of resolution. So what they're doing is they're doing this critical race theory shit. That's what this is. And they're calling it ethnic studies, you know, to, to, to soften it, you know, well, what's wrong with, with studying different ethnicities? You know, that's not what this yeah, is. What is wrong with studying yeah. different ethnicities, Crow? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me, let me tell you. That's Why do you hate so hard? <laughs> the uh, the problem is this is critical race theory. If you look into what it's all about, it's basically dismantling the nuclear family and um, in order to usher in, you know, socialism, communism. I mean, that's what it is. That, that's all, that's what it comes to. You know, it's, it's like they like the BLM leaders, founders that said they're trained Marxists. That's it's it was part of their, you know, until they got wise to the fact that people were were catching on to what they were doing and they took it off their website but they were saying you know our this is our this is our goal our goal is to dismantle and they use the word dismantle the white power structure of you know this racist country and blah you know all, all the all the buzzwords you hear on this kind of stuff that you're hearing from the school boards these buzzwords are the same buzzwords that they use the marxists use and um, blm and antifa types so this this is radical i mean radicalism and they're trying to radicalize your kids. So it's probably a good thing that they're in school. <laughs> well, I'd rather have them uh, be able to fight off the idea of radicalism than just be stupid because they're not learning anything. Yeah, I just think I think it's actually more dangerous to be in school and to be constantly bombarded with this indoctrination. I think it's more dangerous. Because you got the well, dumb dummies that have really shitty home lives and shitty parents that, that aren't involved. And those kids become the rioters and the looters and the pieces of shit that are out there fucking, you know, with their little masks on and burning shit down. Let's face it. Those kids were headed that direction anyway. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the, that would more, more than likely they would be there. There there's the opportunists, the ones that just go, you know, because it's a way to, you know, to steal shit and, and to cause damage. But then the ideological, you know, the ones that are the fervent, uh, you know, Kool-Aid drinkers, they cause more damage because they're getting, you know, more people to do it with them, you know, to say, hey, this is a righteous cause, what we're doing here. Look, I don't think, and this is, this is just going to further speed it up. I don't think the teachers union... Um, and a lot of people on the left realize that they are shepherding in the the uh, the um, well, they're speeding up the downfall of public schools, as in people aren't going to want to go to them anymore. Um, you know, whether it's Cuomo in uh, New York shutting down schools on sort of a last minute kind of notice. Um, de Blasio did the same thing. He was five hours late for a press conference. Um, telling people what to do that basically saying the next day they were shutting down schools. I mean, families can't live like this. Yeah. And so when you have um, shitty public schools and to that, I'll, I'll give, uh, you know, Drew from Justice and Drew, the morning show here in the city's credit when he said uh, he doesn't worry about this. You know, these kids will graduate to become activists because 
nobody graduates from Minnesota schools. <laughs> I mean, their failure rate's about 55%. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, I just think when you give them a shitty education and you keep locking their schools down and people are seeing that kids are going to private schools and, you know, the ones who are going to private schools are the families that have the ability to do that. Well, what's that going to lead to? This push for equity is going to lead to, uh, you know, other families saying, hey, why can't my kid go to those schools? Why can't my kid's money that, you know, the tax money that's funding that stuff go with my kid? And there's a good point to that. Yeah. Um, and so I think people need to understand that, you know, pretty soon we're going to have, you know, parents in poor neighborhoods saying, I want my kid to, to um, be able to attend those schools. And Biden is, which means that now you're going to have, you know, Democrat voters or Democrat base start making uh, lobby moves for, uh, for school choice. And you're going to have uh, Biden who said, look, we're going to start, and this is before he was elected, but I can't imagine his policies are going to change that much. He wants to say, he wants to say no tax money for uh, no government funding for private schools and charter schools. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't keep waging this war on working parents. And that that is, in fact, what they're doing. And I'm really tired of hearing teachers say, you know, I don't want my life threatened just by going to work. Well, fuck you. That's happening to everybody. Yeah. If you're if your pandemic is so bad, it happens to everyone. But I am really tired. And I keep I keep saying it really tired of getting the opinion about lockdowns from people who get paid no matter what. These teachers get paid no matter what. These government workers get paid no matter what. People who work for, uh, you know, fairly large companies, Amazon, Target, places like that, for the most part, they're going to have jobs. It's the small business people you're killing. I mean, I saw a report the other day, Tim Poole reported on this, that uh, a third to half, I think it was a third, but it might have been as high as half, of the, uh, no, it was a third, of small businesses in New Jersey have closed for good. They're done. A third. Mm-hmm. You can't keep doing that. It's just not going to work. You're going to lose your tax base. And, you know, all the Bernie Sanders and AOCs of the world who are saying, yeah, we got to have this lockdown and we got to keep people safe and you just got to do what you're told, don't realize that they are feeding very, very large billion dollar companies or multi-billion dollar companies like Amazon and Walmart yeah. and all that because they're the ones who can weather this storm. Yeah, and they're getting they're getting richer off of this. So they're gonna do everything they can to kind of go along with the with all this because they're they're benefiting from it. Bezos is what how much more is he making? How much more is he worth now because of this? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I, it's ridiculous. If you look at the numbers, it's like it's it's so it's so they're such big numbers you can't even comprehend them. <laughs> You know, that's the kind of money they're making for these people, for these big, these corporations. Yeah. And this, this just comes down to, again, the left has no idea what their policies actually, you know, the downstream effect of those policies. They just want to say things that sound good and get them elected. You know, for them, it's, we're just talking about the next election cycle. 
We're not talking about principles or things like that. You yeah, know, but they that's, will... that's the thing. That going back to this, what the, they're trying to do with ethnic studies, they're not trying to teach anymore the the basics. As as a matter of fact, basics are racist according to most of these people. So they're gonna they're gonna try a whole new way of, of teaching that doesn't uh, rely on. Um, you know the the whatever whatever the patriarch or, or or the white power structure you know and instead of just saying hey we're going to teach your kids you know how to manage their time we're going to teach them how to balance a checkbook we're going to teach them how to multiply and divide we're going to teach them how to uh, structure a sentence no they're not interested in that shit anymore it sounds like it sounds like they're way more interested in the doctrine in the social indoctrination balance a checkbook how old are you yeah the amended Holy cow. i'm going to keep nobody's reading this. balanced a checkbook since like 2010 <laughs> it's just a saying Rooster. <laughs> uh, the I was talking about the buzzwords. Uh, there's more of this. I want to read this story because they have these buzzwords in here. So the amended graduation requirements define an ethnic studies course as one that includes the explicit exploration of identity and intersectionality. There's one of those buzzwords that. Um, and there's I'm calling, more than one buzzword there. Um, and I've come up with a new term for these um, progressives. People are calling them regressives. No, um, I'm calling them uh, proglodytes. So th you sure you didn't steal that from someone? That is just me. I came up with that one. Now I didn't right, just I'll, come up with it. I was thinking about it the other the other week. So I'll give you I'll give you credit, but I don't want to find out later. Tro that, troglodytes uh, are, are cave dwelling, you know, uh, you know, degenerates, you know, and uh, progressives. You know, there's nothing progressive about them. So troglodytes is the new term. Go ahead and use it. Just credit okay. credit crow. Um, do I owe you? A, do I owe you a quarter every time I do it? No, I just get to uh, punch you in the arm whenever you, whenever you say it in front of me. Okay. Uh, right. So it prioritizes the history and culture of historically marginalized groups. That's another phrase. That's a that's a buzz phrase. Historically marginalized groups, and it discusses the history and current role of race, racism, and anti-racist work. Create and creates interdisciplinary learning that leads to action. And then the school board member, Kimberly Caprini, said she's looking forward to the conversation. They're always looking forward to conversations about how we can modify ethnic studies for middle school and elementary age students. I think by doing that, we, we will definitely be in a better position to change the trajectory of racism in this country, the acceptance of differences, the understanding of different cultures, and just being more respectful of each other and celebrating each other's culture, she said. So, you know, hey. You know, that's all that is. You know, if you're against that, you're 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 either racist or just, you know, just mean, right? Well, I guess I'm against against that, so I'm racist. And so. here's the thing, I'm not I'm I'm not celebrating another culture. I I will be respectful of another culture. Um and but I'm not going to go out and go out of my way to go, well, I'm not I'm not cuz here's the thing, you're damned if you do do and damned if you don't if you're white in these situations because if you celebrate another culture then and you end up let's say eating or making food like let's say you're a white guy and you're making asian food or you're making hispanic um ethnic food um you're appropriating so you know you can't win well yeah that's that's the whole point of the book of um white fragility you can't win yeah if you say you're not racist you're Right. Double secret probation. And if you're racist. a white guy or a white girl that goes and uh, let's say you date another uh, an Asian person, Hispanic person, black person, then you're fetishizing. That, yeah, you know it. It you're not going to win this, and uh, I'm, 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 I they can't teach this shit in school anymore. As a parent, you can't allow this anymore. And and uh, Trump was on the right path to get it out of the government. He was shutting down critical race theory being taught in government. 
um, and you know, well on his way to start trying to ban it in schools too. Well, Biden's putting it right, going to put it right back in if he gets in. Well, uh, he's Trump's making some good moves. At first, I thought it was just you know uh, being a petulant ass on his way out the door, but he's making a couple moves that I think are pretty good. Um, you know, he's he's firing some of these sort of deep staters. Like uh, he let Kissinger and Madeleine Albright go from uh, from the Department of Defense. I bet he's been and wanting to do that for a while. Well, I actually I think he put Kissinger in the spot he's in now. Yeah, the problem but, is he just didn't have enough people to fill up all the positions. Yeah, I think so. But the interesting part to me is that um, you know now people say, well, Biden can just hire him back. Right, he can, but. He's got to show that he's hiring them back. Yeah. Well, everybody's saying behind the scenes he's um, gathering together his his people, and it's basically all Obama people. So, did you see what Kaylee McEnany said along those lines? Um, they made a big deal today about how Biden's uh, White House communications and Kaylee McEnany says so's Trump's. Say that again. You you broke up. So the White House commun- or the incoming White House communication staff that Biden is going to put in place mm-hmm. is all female. Okay. And they were all crowing about it today. They were like, "Oh, this is so great." And Kaylee McEnany tweeted, "Yeah, the current White House communication staff is all female." <laughs> and they didn't crow about it because they should. No. Well, I, I, I'm sure they they took a big selfie, right? Yeah, I'm sure they did. Did you see that? But, uh, did you see that picture of that selfie? By the way, of the 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 news team or whatever that uh, got, they got Trump to uh, admit or to answer questions finally after two or three weeks of not answering questions. So they had to take a quick selfie to show how important they were. I was like, Oh, you guys are just disgusting. Yeah. Let me bet. Let me guess. Jim Acosta was in that picture. No, I, I don't know. It was some, it was some chick that the at Mark Dice makes fun of because she's got resting bitch face. Can't, oh, okay. can't remember what her name is, but she's always got the fucking look on her face. Like, you know, fuck you. I would like to punch Jim Acosta right in his smug fucking face. Yeah. God, I can't stand that guy. So all those people are going to be out of work now, though, because there's there's nobody to fight against. You yeah. know, there's no one to go after. So, of course, everyone will be uh, out of work at at uh, at uh, Fox, too, because they totally cucked out. Well, even so. Tucker, for Christ's sake, is uh, is is worrying me. Well, you know, his whole move with Sidney Powell about, oh, we wanted to have her on, that was just a dick move. It, it really was. Just everything he did was like, man, it, it, it made me lose a lot of respect for him. And you wanted him to be president. I know. I know. I know. Well, maybe uh, Crenshaw's back on my list. Yeah, I went back and listened to the Joe Rogan podcast with him, and God, I like him again even more. So. Yeah. He, um, his, uh, position on, uh, on guns, I think that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. uh, he explains that a little bit more. And, uh, there were two different things. His, his TAPS act got lobbed in with, uh, red flag laws. Yeah. The red flag flag laws were the ones that were bothering me about him. Yeah. He said, no, he doesn't support those at all. He goes, they're unconstitutional. They don't make any sense. That's good. So you should... You should watch that so you yeah, can I'll try uh, to you can get back in the yeah, Crenshaw I don't, I don't dislike Crenshaw. I I uh I had my concerns about him, but I never disliked him. I um I like how he handles himself, unlike uh John Roberts. Never liked well, that guy, he had never will. To, 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he, um, he said, he talked about, uh, you know, the whole Pete Davidson thing and how he rose to prominence and all that. And that was the Saturday Night Live guy. Yeah. And he said, you know, the part that, um, he found funny was, uh, that people thought he was supposed to be offended. He's like, by what? Yeah. You know? Um, and I can't remember right offhand what he said the offensive part was, um, but it wasn't what you'd think. He said, I don't really care what the guy said about me. He said, uh, oh, yeah. He goes, uh, he said, I looked like a hitman from a porno movie. And he says, I've, I got to wonder, that's the part I find offensive. Like, what kind of porno is he watching? Yeah, a snuff porn. That it's got a hitman in it. <laughs> Yeah. But he said uh, the Navy SEAL community that he knows they were they were uh, tagging him and you know his phone was blowing up and they were giving him some shit and then he said the the response kind of basically was well we can make fun of you but he can't and yeah. uh, but he said you know look we it's okay to you know uh, it's okay to say offensive things and not be offended um, I'm sort of paraphrasing what he said but he he said we have to get past this idea that we have to react to everything. Well, he's also a politician and a public figure at this point. So it's a little bit different. Well, and he said, people asked him, you know, how do you, uh, you know, how did you react to this or what do you have to say or what statement do you want to put out? He goes, I don't really have to say anything. It's just, it's a joke a comedian made. And, you know, as much as I like Trump's policies, I was just having this conversation with someone today about, uh, who voted for Biden because they said, um, you know, just can't stand Trump. He's kind of nuts with all the stuff he tweets. And I'm like, he he does. He says a lot of things I don't like. And I think he was kind of a petulant ass the last, you know, five, six months of this whole campaign going after people that he didn't have to go after. Um, as much as I don't really care for Fauci, like I said before, calling the guy an idiot when he hasn't spoken out against you and in fact has been supportive when the media went after you he kind of walked that back as he said it i mean here's the thing he does like he does have you know he speaks a lot and yeah but he does this this train of this this train of consciousness kind of speaking sometimes and it does kind of get in the way where he goes oh shit i shouldn't have said that and he'll walk it back or he'll be like you know these guys are good guys these are great guys you know these guys he just got done calling assholes or whatever you know but yeah he's just got such a thin skin though i I wish he could get bad oh i do i wish he could get past that but that's one of those things about you know a guy like crenshaw that i appreciate is that he doesn't that stuff doesn't seem to bother him yeah but you know uh, trump is kind of a result of people being on the right being too reserved and being too dignified where where, where it it's comes across as weak at this point and people don't like it anymore now i know crenshaw doesn't come across as weak don't get me wrong but the the kind of like you know sticking with decorum and and the rules and not speaking out of turn and you know being it it people are tired of it because it doesn't get people on the right anywhere anymore it's like we were talking about before how everybody's afraid of what happens if if by if trump does pull this off um they're not afraid what happens if if biden pulls this off or they're not afraid of the right and they should be they should be afraid of us they should be fearful of what we're going to do when they stole the fucking election from us. Yeah. I, I just think there's more and more of this. that's going to come out. I was watching, uh, 
Crowder today, and he was talking about some of the mounting evidence. Um, but r- just really quickly to mm-hmm. finish on the Crenshaw point, I think we're talking about two different things. You know, you're talking about the Mitt Romney, John McCain sort of sense of decorum. And I get that that sort of seems cucked out or pussified. But what I'm talking about is someone who just sort of looks at it and goes, I don't have to comment on this. It doesn't count. I remember there was a there was a business thing that my dad was involved in. And a guy sort of made some comments about him um, as a fairly high up person in a particular company. And I'm like, are you going to take that shit from that guy? Are you just going to let him say that stuff? And my dad just went, he doesn't count. And I'm like, wow, that kind of just put that guy in his place. Yeah. He was like, he's, he's not worthy of a response from me. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying too. And, and I don't, I don't put Crenshaw in the same boat with Romney and McCain, but the, the thing is, um, and, and he's not, he's not going to come across as, as that, as far as I can tell by saying my friends across the aisle and, you know, distinguished colleagues, he's not going to talk like that, but he is adjacent to it, you know, because, because he is, and that's the thing we as conservatives or people on the right do want to, you know, abide by the rules and the law and we don't want to be assholes and we want to, um, you know, we had, there's a sense of, uh, tradition so we're traditional okay. we want to we want to we want to abide by tradition right we don't want to just you know by by like literally be progressive and change everything so yeah i get that but at this point that's not working for us as a group we're we're being we're being taken advantage of and we're you know the left is doing all kinds of bullshit and getting away with it nobody's being held accountable but, but the right god's sake you know if what's his what's the uh, guy that got raided at 4 a.m in the morning in his pajamas um, that worked for Trump. Oh, Roger Stone. They'll pull shit like that on Roger Stone, you know, but they won't do anything like that to anybody on the left. And we sit there and we take it. We don't go out. We don't riot. We don't, we don't make them afraid of us. And I, it's like the, uh, what was it? Who, whose quote is this? Is it Adams that said, uh, the tree of Liberty? Who's, who's quote uh, is Thomas that? Jefferson. Yeah. Jefferson, the tree of Liberty must be, um, watered by the blood of tyrants and patriots. Must occasionally. Occasionally. And, uh, you know, that, that just means that you have to be ready to fight and just not yeah. let the government just bowl you over. And at this point, I, I don't say we need to rise up and, you know, and do shit. I just think they need to be afraid of us and not like in a, you know, a bully way. I'm just saying they can't think they can walk over us and, and, and pull shit like this. So. Well, the difference, I think, between the attitude that a Romney or a McCain has versus the attitude like a, a Crenshaw has um, or even a Rand Paul for that matter. Yeah. I like both is, of them guys. I like Rand Paul. I like Crenshaw. I don't, I don't, I don't accept the argument that they're adjacent because the difference I see is, you know, you get people like Jennifer Rubin, like we said before saying, Hey, we need to keep a list of these people. And a John McCain or Mitt Romney would go now, now, now let's not get carried away. And, uh, uh, a Crenshaw would have more, I see him as saying more along the lines of, will you go ahead and make your list? And well, let's see how this goes out. And you're wanting people who go, fuck you. I got a list too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, that, I mean, that's what we get with Trump is what I'm saying. Uh, and for good or for bad, I'm just saying it's, it's, he's a symptom of, of, of the right going, we're not taking it anymore. Right. But my point about Trump is he's always been a thin skinned guy. He can never let anybody's, I, I mean, if you tweeted something about 
him on Facebook that was derogatory and it got retweeted a thousand times, he would jump in there and say, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. You know, and you just got to leave that stuff alone because after a while it, it makes you look insecure. Yeah, no, you're right. And he's got a massive ego and he wants to be loved. And that's, you know, what we kind of assumed would be good for the country. He wants to have a legacy of, of being a great president and that's actually good. But yeah, his, uh, his, you know, like you said, petulance and his thin skin. Yeah, it gets the best from sometimes. But overall, I think he's, I think he's, I don't think he's quite to the degree you kind of think he is. Uh, but that's just a personal opinion, I guess, you know. What, that he's thin skinned? I don't think he's as, as thin skinned as you, as, as you kind of think he is. Yeah, well, some things you can't measure by degrees. Right. So, so, um, I wanted to, uh, finish up maybe on this, uh, in this video that Steven Crowder put out about uh, some of the mounting evidence okay. um, Crowder found out now he's from Canada, grew up in Michigan. He's a, he's a citizen, yeah, he got, he got but the he U S citizenship lives in Texas, but his family, he's had some family members with some health challenges. So he and his wife have been living a lot back in Michigan. His wife has been living there longer. He voted in Texas. Texas, she voted in Michigan, but Michigan is one of the states where you can track your absentee ballot. And so they went and checked theirs and found out that he voted in Michigan. Hmm. So the point he was making is that Michigan was one of the states, Minnesota did this too, just took their voter rolls and sent out ballots. And he said, so... I'm going to guess the address I used to live at years ago got one of my ballots. Now, did the people living there throw it out or did they fill it out? Um, I'm going with fill, know, it, fill it out. Yeah. And these things, you know, are, um, they're anecdotal and you, you can only get they're circumstantial. You can only guess as to how many times that happened. Are there 175,000 of them enough to swing the state in, in, uh, Michigan, you know, probably not. However, you know, you keep getting these piles of circumstantial evidence. And what, what people don't understand when it comes to the law is it never works like the Perry Mason CSI kind of TV shows where they go, aha, you know, and they bust somebody. It really is a preponderance of the evidence. And evidence is eyewitness testimony and affidavits and things like that. And so, you know, the law really does the test of if there's smoke, there's fire. You may not be able to physically prove that a thing happened, but if you can throw so much evidence at it that people just go, there's just way too much here. It had to have happened. Well, they rely on expert testimony. You know, mm -hmm. that's, that's all considered evidence. Now, you know, so some of the other things, I'm just coming up with a bunch of these uh, things they found out, things that are in Sidney Powell's uh, case. One of the things she's claiming is that when I uh, believe it was, God, where was it that they had Georgia where they had a pipe burst in mm, one of the, uh, yeah. one of the places where they're counting. And, and I can't remember home. if it was Georgia or what. Yeah. Sent everybody home, said they stopped counting. Well, they didn't stop counting and the pipe didn't break. Yeah. And she claims to have video evidence that the pipe did not break. And they kept counting. Yeah. Well, wasn't there a you video know, actually too of, of ballots showing up, like boxes and trucks, people showing up? 
Well, but that's one of those things where they go, we don't really know what was in the boxes. See the truck pulling up three in the morning and them unloading. You can make a guess there, yeah. you know. Um, it's like seeing the guy drag uh, drag the uh, large garbage bag out of his apartment building that his wife disappeared from and toss it in the dumpster and go, uh, could have been a body in there. We don't know. But, geez, he couldn't lift it. And, uh, yeah. you know, the, why was he taking the trash out at three in the morning? And where was his wife? You know, that kind of stuff. Um one of the other things was the apparently in Pennsylvania, um, the the normal percentage of rejection of absentee ballots is about five percent. You know, wrong address, uh, signatures don't match, not in the not in the right envelope kind of thing. Um, the, they have a much higher number this, this time around, and you would expect that the percentage would stay roughly the same and it is well below half a percent. Hmm. So they're saying these ballots were filled out perfectly and, um, there was, there were no mistakes, which is certainly possible. And in and of itself, pieces of evidence like that don't really mean much, but you keep getting more and more of this. Um, another one is a lot of these ballots that came through that they have affidavits that seem to be perfectly filled out. Just Joe Biden voted for nothing down ballot, uh, which is highly unusual. I mean, most people in a presidential election will at least vote for a senator, the representative school board, something like that. They may not fill out the sheriff or the city auditor or, you know, judges and all that stuff. But generally they vote for the big stuff. Just Biden. Uh, some of them, again, affidavits, sworn affidavits, these which again hold the penalty of perjury, um, saying the way they were folded doesn't even fit in the envelopes they would come in. <laughs> you know, so you get this security envelope that you sign and but you fold it and blah, blah, blah. Well, these were folded in a way that they would not fit in those envelopes. Yep. So they appeared to be printed. These spikes that they had um, where there's a, uh, a former Navy PSYOPs officer, so worked for the U.S. government, um, monitoring uh, elections. Uh, he was testifying for Rudy Giuliani one of these uh, public hearings they were having saying the amount of ballots they processed in these short periods of time they had these spikes was five times what the Scantron or scanning uh, uh, machines were able to scan. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, and then uh, one other one that was really interesting was in Pennsylvania – Something like 600,000 of these uh, mail-in ballots that came in in a mail-in ballot dump. Um, out of the 600,000, 5,500, not 55,000, 5,500 went for Trump. The rest for Biden. Yeah. Now, on the face of it, that seems statistically impossible. But... Let's just say, okay, it is possible. Let's compare it to other places. Well, the most lopsided they could find anywhere in the country was San Francisco. San Francisco votes 90% Democrat, 10% Republican. 
uh, Republican. This is well outside of that. You're talking like 0.5% or something that Trump got out of this. Yeah. So it's just, it's highly unlikely, you know? Yeah. And so you look at all of these pieces of evidence and go, I can't prove what the fuckery is, but we know it's there. And I think uh, Sidney Powell is going to find some of this stuff. I think it's going to be too late for Trump. I don't think it's going to be too late for um, for uh, the next election cycle, which I am going to predict the Republicans kick the shit out of the Democrats in. Uh, because, you know, Biden and the Democrats are going to ride this COVID thing because the new theory is now I've heard this in a couple places. Justice and Drew were talking about it this morning. Uh, Fox Business was talking about it, that Biden wants to tank the economy so bad that he can try and make it recover. And for the next two years, they can run on what a great recovery they had. I don't think he's got an administration that can fix it because I don't think they know how to fix it. The only way to fix it is to just open everything back up and leave the regulation uh, it, that was in place. Don't add more. Yeah, but he's going to want to add more. He's, he's all about well, the, the Paris Climate Accords they... and the Green New Deal and all that shit, which destroys and you know, business. The, the Green New Deal is never going to pass. Uh, the Climate Accords aren't really going to change anything financially for us, not in the long run or not. Or maybe in the long run, but not any short term. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to make it better or worse. It's just going to make it one more thing that he does. But uh, he doesn't have the ability to try and fix this stuff because they're going to try and put, you know, wage increases in, which are going to hamper business. They're going to try and put, you know, new taxes on different things, which is going to hamper business. And they're going to have what Obama had, which is this, this, they might have an increase, but the increase is the market fighting to come back and they're going to do everything they can to step on its neck, um, thinking they're doing good. And they, do, they don't have any idea on how to fix it. And even if they did, they're not going to let their social agenda suffer because of it. Yeah. You know, and it's that social and economic agenda that they have this idea that everything should be equal, um, you know, that that uh, holds an economy back, you know, it yeah. really does. Yeah. And they they don't see that because they're more concerned with what people think about, you know, how they look than how they perform. Well, they want to destroy, uh, they want a critical race theory back in every aspect of government and education. So that, that shows you what their, uh, what their priorities are. It's uh, shitting on the um, the the basics and the founding principles of America. Fuck you, fuck you. Well, and I have school age kids, so I have the benefit of seeing this. You don't. Um, you know, you are very pessimistic about, and to a large degree, rightly so, about the public education system. I am less so because I see more and more people bailing from it all the time whether it was the things they were teaching. I mean, we, we didn't even get into this video about, uh, did you see the, the video about they asked 100 black people, um, what are white superior at? Yeah. yeah. And it was like having fun. Having fun is, uh, is uh, racist because that shows your privilege and you don't have to struggle. And, and uh, you know, one woman on there goes, 
white people are superior being dicks. Yeah. If you took that video word for word and just swapped out black for white. Yeah. I mean, it would be banned in a heartbeat. Right. And uh, why it isn't banned, I don't know. But, you know, that's the stuff you're seeing. I showed that to my oldest son. And I said, if they show this to you in school, I want to know. Yeah. And he was watching this video. He goes, this is just flat out racist. I'm like, yes, it is. So I saw people jumping ship from public schools, friends of ours, before this stuff. And now they're starting to do it out of necessity by saying, look, we, we can't keep doing it like this. And, you know, my, my son takes piano. His piano teacher was talking to him today. He teaches at a private school. That school opened back up today, you know, in the midst of walls shutdown. You know, they open yeah. back up. Well, I mean, you're saying there's people jumping ship and taking their kids out, but I still, I mean, there are the kids that don't have the engaged and, and parents or the, you know, the parents that aren't um, able to, or, you know, mentally or, or financially able to do anything like that. And those kids are going to suffer. It'd be nice if they had uh, access to a, a, at least a, a somewhat decent education system. So yeah, it should, it needs to break completely to be reformed for these kids. I mean, the kids that have, you know, p- parents that are engaged and, and actually have, you know, some resources, their kids will handle it, but there's a lot of kids that can't. Right, but that was my earlier point is that's where we're going because the progressive left is going to kick the shit out of the moderate Democrats on this because families who can leave are going to leave shit. We talked about this this year. We said if we get into next year with these lockdowns, our kids are going to private school, yeah. flat out going. My wife said, all right, well, where are we going to find the money for that? I'm like, we'll find it. You know, I yeah. mean, despite the fact that my business is getting the shit kicked out of it, we'll still we'll still get it done. And my kids are like, and these are, given their ages, these are important years for them that they would be missing. They would be milestone years. And they're just like, fuck it, get me out of here. Well, I'm sure, Rooster, there's some sort of uh, government program that, or even just business, you know, business program that will, that you can find for you based on your ethnicity that will help you get your kids into a private school. So at least least there's that, right? I better start identifying as one then, huh? Yeah. (laughs) So speaking of which, um, uh, I know we keep adding stuff here and we're long on time, but did you see that, did you see that Southeast Asians are now, uh, not a protected uh, minority class or whatever? Yeah. They're, they're a privileged minority. So they, uh, they don't count as persons of color anymore. Okay. So they don't need representation. Right. Right. I mean, they, they, yeah. They do well, so they don't need someone to help well, them it, up. It goes back to this kind of, you know, squeaky wheel stuff. They're the they're the ones that are applying themselves and working hard and getting shit done, and they're not, uh, you know, out there being professional victims. So yeah, they're gonna they're just gonna probably sit and take it. Well, but those are the people who, even if they don't have the means, but are gonna have the the scholastic means to go to some, to get you know scholarships for some of these private schools, and it's the progressive left that's going to look around at the moderate left and say, why the hell did everybody leave? And why is this school sucking now? Mm. And they'll say, well, you know, all these rich people look at them over there, these privileged white people, they left for other schools. And uh, that's when the progressives will go, you know what? Maybe this school choice thing isn't a bad idea. They'll call it something different, 
it'll be, you know, education appropriation, uh, you know, buzz you know, phrases and buzzwords, equality, yeah. equality machination, something <laughs> kind of thing, you know, and, but, but it'll be, uh, it'll be a program to let that tax money move with that kid. And if lower income kids, and this is why the teachers union fights it so much, if lower income kids get school choice, shitty public schools are done. They will fold like a cheap card table. Yeah, they need to. So, and uh, I can't wait to see that happen. On so. that note, if you want to get in contact with us, it's rooster at breadandcircuspodcast.com or crow at breadandcircuspodcast.com. And I haven't even told you this. We're going to have two special announcements at our next podcast. Fantastic. So, so stay everybody tuned. Has to, everybody has to tune in for that. See you. Bye. Bye.